Welcome back to another episode of the Compass Equip Podcast. We are your hosts, Hayden and Evan. Hi. And at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, we are at the end of another series. We ended one. Did you even know that, Compass? We, we didn't announce it, but it is still true all the same. Kingdom happiness is now behind us and we finished finished. it is finished it is done it is done and we have ended it with a final sermon entitled happy are the peacemakers from matthew 5 10 through 12 which says that's all right that's incorrect it's persecuted oh you you didn't reply okay all right start over take two no i'm just kidding happy are the persecuted all right, Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Hey, happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day. So, a sermon right here. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Oh, Pastor Hayden, what was the main point of this Mother's Day persecution sermon? That we need to rejoice in every suffering associated with our connection to Christ, knowing that our persecution is proof of our heavenly citizenship, and that all our suffering for Christ comes with the promise of great reward in heaven. And that found itself played out in three points throughout the sermon. Point number one, that we need to stand out in a sinful world. That That is really the outcome of our faith, that we're going to stand out, because we are, even as the next sermon we'll talk about next week, that we are salt and light of the earth, and that is a very uh, prominent statement of standing out in the midst of our culture. Uh, Salt stands out. Light stands out. We stand out. Point number two is that we need to be willing to be counted with Christ. Even the idea of being counted with Christ, that whenever Christ is counted, like legitimately counted, like, you know, if I'm counting all of my, uh, what do I got? I don't have, I don't have a lot of things. Uh, Pennies in the bank. Pennies. If I count all my, if I count all my money, uh, all my $5, I'm always going to, as I have that $1 bill and that $2 bill, well, I'm always going to be included in that being counted. If I, all my stuffed animals, let's just assume I have stuffed animals. You don't, you give them away. Right. I did give them away at eight years old. <laughs> all your I'm toys. trying. To, I'm trying to to come up with something here. Like I'm always going to. Whenever that stuffed animal, right? If if Christ is metaphorically the stuffed animal, it's like I'm always going to be included in that. Like anytime Christ is is there, I'm going to be counted with him. Like no one should in, in my in sphere of influence should be able to count Christ and talk about Christ without me being counted with it. Like I'm so associated with him and everything that people would say, well, I know Christ and, and, you know, Hayden's pretty like, pretty like, uh, involved with uh, Jesus, you know, and even in my suffering that as Christ suffered, I'm going to suffer everything about Christ. I'm going to be counted with him when everyone's taking account, when our culture takes account of the Christians, I'm going to be counted with Christ. Uh, and then finally, man, what a terrible metaphor debacle we just went through. Thankfully, those are your words and not mine. Yeah, no kidding. Stay focused on our future with Christ. This is this looks like so many applications. I'm going to stay focused on my future because I have a place in God's kingdom. I have responsibilities in God's kingdom based on my stewardship here. I get Jesus Christ. Think about that. What I receive Christ. I don't just receive him for salvation. I receive him as my Lord for eternity. And in all of that, in Christ, he also has rewards uh, for his faithful followers. And so that should compel me to stay focused on my future with Christ. All right. Well, circling back to the point number one, standing out in a sinful world, you know, how might we stand out? 
in a sinful world today? Well, you just go out and uh, fulfill the Beatitudes. You're going to stand out in our culture. Or dress up as a stuffed animal. Well, there's something too. All right. But anytime you do something the Bible says, you're going to stand out. I mean, you just you just are. And the, the, the degree with which you stand out may vary depending on the biblical principle. But I'm telling you what, if you put all the biblical principles together, the degree in which you stand out is going to be very prominent. And, and, and you're going to be a very, uh, you're going to be a very, uh, what, is the, what is the word? Con- you're going to be very conspicuous to our culture because you look so different. And that difference is not always going to be good in the sight of the world. As a matter of fact, there are some scriptures in the New Testament. I know right, one is in Revelation, I think, and there may be another one that says, like, there will be people who are going to persecute and kill Christians and think they're doing God a favor. It's like, <laughs> like I, you know, I don't, I mean, what do I say about that? Like, that's... That's, that's, that's what Saul, Paul was thinking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Paul said, I'm doing God a favor by getting rid of these You're people. welcome, God. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you stand out in the sinful world, it's not always going to, most of the time, it's not going to include a positive uh, a positive uh, reception reception from, from people. All right, well, in point number two, being well, willing... Did I, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I was very broad, but... You want to be more specific? I want to be more specific. How might we stand out in the sinful world today? Okay, you do this. You go share the gospel with people because you know at least the Bible tells you to do that much. Go to somebody and tell them that Jesus came to save them from their sin and that we are separated from God and Christ is the only way that we can be redeemed and made righteous to be in the kingdom of heaven forever. You go, Just do that one thing. You will stand out like a sore thumb. And uh, you're going to find that uh, to one group of people were a fragrance of life to life, and the other one were a fragrance of death to death, as Paul says to the Corinthians. And something else you mentioned is, you know, especially where we live in our in our culture, the Bible is smiled upon. We people like yeah, going to church. At least, and in, in, people uh, say yeah. thank you for planning a church, right. and they're excited that we're here. Yeah, but you Platitudes, mentioned as soon, sure. as soon as you start holding people accountable, well, that's where the the fun begins. Absolutely. You know, people here are friendly with the Bible, uh, and they're, and, you know, in a real way, not exclusively, but in a real way, they're friendly with the Bible because the Bible has created an environment and a culture that they enjoy. And what they really enjoy and what they're really for is the benefits that the Bible provides and not the person to whom the Bible directs our attention to. And so in as much as the Bible creates the place that they want, they like it. Uh, but that often doesn't include the very things that we ourselves struggle with. As soon as the Bible starts calling out my sin, then there's a problem. But as soon as the Bible starts telling other people that they can't do things that I don't like, I like it. And so people will like the Bible in as much as it creates the culture that they want, but they don't like the Bible in as much as it also holds them accountable to God's objective moral standard. Which you can actually find in, find in John chapter 6 in our DBR this coming week, which in order to understand John chapter 6, you need to tune into our DBR Spotlight podcast. There's Which a little segue will right come to you in a few minutes. It'll come to you in a few minutes. But seriously, there you see a group of people who get fed and like the benefits of Jesus. And Jesus said, you, you found me not because you want to follow me, because you had you your, your bellies fill of bread. Fill yeah, of bread. Absolutely. And, so, and, and actually, you need to eat the bread that perishes. You need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, what? I don't right. want to have to fully trust you right. and follow you. And that's what it happens when you are fulfilling the living a life of true righteousness and right. following Christ. Yeah. 
All right, point number two is being willing to be counted with Christ. And so how do we deal with the consequences of being counted with Christ? Well, like I said over and again in the sermon is we need to leave the consequences up to God. But even though the consequences are left up to God, we still got to deal with those consequences. And I am not even going to begin to tell you that there's no heartache in suffering. I remember when that guy said all those bad things about our church. That really hurt me. I mean, it truly did. Like, I was... I was burdened, and I was a little bit disheartened. Uh, you know, we were just getting into our new building. Like, we, we're a fledgling little church, and, you know, we want a great relationship with our community. Like, we want to be looked at in our city as a, as a valuable addition to the community uh, in, in, in a real way, right? Uh, and then when I see all of these things pop up, I'm sitting here, and I'm, and I'm thinking, how do I deal with this? Like, all we were doing was, be, was be, being faithful, to God, to get the word out that God's planted the church here and, and engage with people concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is a good example because when you have to ask this question, how do I deal with these consequences? Well, one of the real uh, ways you can deal with this, which I entertain for like a half a second, I'm not lying, is, well, maybe we just won't ever go door to door again. If we don't do that, then these things, these misunderstandings won't happen. These these uh, these consequences of people misrepresenting who we are and what we're doing, that ain't going to happen anymore if I don't go out and go door to door. Well, that's not a good way to deal with that. Right? We have to be faithful, and part of our faithfulness is going out into the community and telling people we're here and what we're here for. And so what I got to do instead is look back, and, and I did, you know, when this happened, I said, well, I need to make sure as, you know, as I preach today through through the scripture is that I got to look and, and recognize that this isn't a weird thing that happened. Like, this is not a, this isn't, I can't look at this as, oh, something strange were happening to me. Like, this is just part of suffering with Christ, that people are going to revile me and say all kinds of evil things about our church. Uh, and that's part of it. And so I need to handle that in a way uh, that is based upon biblical principles. And I'm going to deal with things, and I'm just going to hurt, and it's going to be painful, because suffering is. Uh, but I have a joy connected with that. And, uh, you know, you were, you were told, and you given a, a praise about that later on, that somebody read some of those reviews and came to our church because they said, what did they say? Oh, man. They were, they were basically like, well, if people are saying that stuff about them, they must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, what a... The person got saved. And they got saved. And that's great. I mean, and so it's like, man, let give the consequences over to God. Work through them because it hurts. Work through them biblically and allow God to bear fruit through your suffering. And one other addition is to do all of that, but never alone. We yeah, can't, absolutely. If we're on an island, I mean, Satan is going to just attack and take off easy prey. But if we're together, that's where, you know, God calls us to be. Well, I don't know anyone who suffered well alone. Uh, even in the worldly standards, like when you're dying, what do you want? People. You want people there, right? If you got you, if you broke your leg because uh, you got in a, in a four-wheeler accident, what do you want? You want people there. Help. You know? <laughs> it's like, help me. Uh, in the same way, when when we are suffering, even in our faith, what do we want? Somebody needs always to be here with me. Misery loves company. That's a way that our culture likes to talk. And you know, just an old adage, right? Misery loves company. Well, suffering likes company. Christian suffering likes Christian company, and and you got to have it. I mean, we can be more profound, but I think the simplicity of that is very clear. You need to be in community because you know suffering's coming. If you want to suffer well, you got to suffer in community. All right, and the final point: staying focused on your future with Christ. Well, Pastor Hayden, how should we look at rewards in heaven? 
Yeah, we talked at the beginning of this podcast about the realities of eternity, focusing on our future, that we're going to get Christ, that we're going to receive the kingdom of heaven, and that as we receive Christ, we receive the rewards of Christ. That We do receive Christ, but we also receive the rewards that are connected to Christ, that flow from Christ for those who are obedient and faithful to him. And so we have to see rewards as always connected to the person of Christ. We can never look at rewards as something divorced from Christ or something that we get in substitution for Christ. When you divorce rewards from Christ or you substitute rewards from Christ, you then have an unbiblical view of rewards. And so we receive rewards because we receive Christ, uh, and we receive the benefits in heaven uh, that are from Christ. Uh, a, a lot of more biblical ways to think about Scripture is to say, what does Scripture say about rewards? I mean, we looked at a couple of Scriptures today. We looked at 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 15. We looked at Matthew 5, 10 through 12. I mean, there are other Scriptures that... Uh, Matthew 6, 1 is another one. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. It's like, well, that text is explicitly talking about rewards, and it's telling me that if I practice my righteousness so that I can be seen by others and to be applauded by men, I have then received my reward in full at that moment. However, that if I indeed practice righteousness, because it is the, it is the job of the Christian to, to live a righteous life empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, there says that the opposite of this is true, right? The counterpart to this is true, that I will receive my reward in, in heaven. Now, the problem when people have wrong ideas about reward systems in heaven, how do you interpret a scripture like this, right? I, I'm either saying the only reward I get from in heaven is is heaven itself with Christ, then I have to do something with this. And the only thing that I think you can logically do with this that would be even anywhere near an idea of, of a hermeneutical uh, response is to say, well, then if I don't get reward, if, if I don't receive something from the Father, it can only be salvation. So if I'm practicing my righteousness before others, and do I not go to heaven now? Well, now that's bad hermeneutics. Even though that is hermeneutics, it's bad hermeneutics. But the good hermeneutics, that's going to look at the text and say, what is the text saying? What is, what is the text say? What does Christ want me to know? That there's a way I live here where I won't receive reward in heaven. There's a way that I can live here. There will be rewards in heaven as I'm living here for Christ. Um, talked so much more about that uh, in the sermon and even uh, in our Life Group Leader podcast. But to just simply think about it this way: you're not going to fool. Uh, you're not going to fool God, right? Whatever a man sows, that also he reaps. And so the reality is you're not going to get one over on God. Like you're not going to somehow double dip. You're not going to get it all here and get it all there. And somehow you think that you're Houdini enough to manipulate God into giving you things in heaven that he didn't give you. It's like, no, no, God gives you exactly what he wants to give you in heaven. And there is no one-on-one return in heaven, right? It's not this idea that if I give $10 here, I get $10 there. It's the idea that like even the rewards you get are gifts from God because there's nothing there, there's nothing you can give up here that would amount to anything there unless God saw fit that the thing you give up here would be in his heart because he loves you and he loves seeing his children walk faithfully for him, that he would say, no, that's worth something for for eternity. Like God attributes things as worth being rewarded for, not me. And that's like this other idea. It's like you also can't think about rewards as something that, that you create your own system of, of rewards and benefits from heaven. Well, if I do this, this, and this in my own life, I'm going to get rewarded this, this, and this in heaven. It's like the reward system is based on what God's, what God says it's worth. 
And we only know about rewards what God's Word says about rewards. And let me tell you, there's a lot of things we don't know about rewards. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what, 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 what is prepared for, for those who love God. Right? Nothing. I, I can't know all of those things. But what I can know, I can know. And what I do know is there are going to be rewards, and many of those rewards are genuinely attached to the faithfulness uh, of us building on the foundation of Christ. Everyone on the foundation of Christ, whether they built foolishly or wisely, are going to receive eternity. They're going to receive heaven. But those who built on it faithfully with precious stones, gold, and silver, there's going to be a real reward there. And we got to recognize that biblically. Yeah, and, and Compass, I would recommend listening to Pastor Hayden's third point. Uh, again, if you have more questions on rewards, and if not, talk to your life group leader, or you can talk to one of us, and we'll love to explain what the Bible has to say about that. And you've won a little resource, at least a section of a resource, the book that we gave you guys at the Family Matters Conference by Randy Alcorn. Managing God's Money. Yeah, Managing God's Money. There's a section, a small section, about rewards. Uh, we don't agree with everything. I mean, I personally don't agree with everything it says about rewards, but it's a really great start to get you thinking like, oh, this is a, this is something that faithful expositors of God's Word, faithful believers throughout history have, have, have understood to be true about the Scriptures. And I would encourage you, go to verses like 1 Corinthians uh, that we were just in, and, and even the one in Matthew 5, and then go to your study Bible. Just open up your study Bible and read the study notes and see what even the your scholars in the text who are commenting on the text in your study Bible say about this exact context. You'll be amazed that uh, it's very common teaching in historical Christianity. It's just, for some reason, not something commonly taught in 2023. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Compass, we have application questions to get done, and I want to exhort you to make, be sure that you are prepared for life group. A way that you can love your neighbor is to have encouraging words ready mm. based on the, your answers to the application questions. Yes, so sir. be sure to be ready to fulfill God's law, to love one another by being prepared. All right, Pastor Hayden, there's my little segue. Man, there is, I mean... I How, always, which question? I, I write these questions, so it's not like I'm like, dude, these are the best. But I think these are, I think these questions vary. Well, hope they're good. I review them every week. <laughs> That's true. Well, yeah, we better, they better be good enough for us to take our time to do them, for sure. Uh, but these, I feel like, are so pointed towards the, the sermon. I just think they're they're easily uh, extracted from the teaching of the, the, the message this week. And um, something that I'm going to spend a lot of time on are questions four, questions six, seven, and eight. Uh, you know, I mean, and not that there's other ones I wouldn't, but, you know, question two even, consider how the verses Philippians 1 and uh, Philippians 2 exhorts us to stand out in a sinful world. And we ask, how is suffering and standing firm in Christ profitable for assurance of your faith and for proof of the world's coming condemnation outside of Christ? Well, that's really that's really profitable. When you want to be assured about your faith, well, recognize how does your faith align with Scripture, and then how does the world's, what they believe, actually align up with the, the Scripture's teaching on the coming condemnation of those who don't trust in Christ? It's like, that. that's exactly how my life looks. That's exactly, the Bible matches my experience. Well, when your Bible is in match, in matching your experience, that's a good thing, because that means most likely you're living faithfully. So question two, I think is great. Um, question four, why is trusting God's sovereignty and suffering for Christ necessary to remain faithful in our culture? Like, you, if, if you don't think suffering is a part of God's sovereign will in your life, you're going to have a problem suffering in our culture. But if you look at every suffering in obedience to Christ as 
within the sovereignty of God's will for you, man, you're going to be a much better sufferer for Christ, and you're going to, you're going to respond much better when you're being persecuted. There's other things, uh, you know, in what ways are Christians persecuted in America today? Uh, do a quick search online, question number seven, how are Christians persecuted in the world? And then write down your thoughts on that. I think expanding and broadening our mind to the realities of the Christian faith in the world is going to be helpful with a sermon like this. They have a website, and I remember them in the past being helpful. Maybe today they still are, is Open Doors. Open Doors, yeah, they have a good, they have a good resource for, resource for, for the persecuted church in America and also persecuted church worldwide, so Open Absolutely. Doors. Uh, so I know, I, knew th- I know they have a new website, so I just say Google search Open Doors and you'll find it. Good idea. Uh, all right, Compass, we have several announcements. Uh, Pastor Hayden, what announcements do we have? Yeah, come on, guys. We got baptisms coming up July 23rd. Woo-hoo! I mean, come on. This is great stuff. So if you haven't registered for baptisms and you need to be baptized, we'd love for you to register for the July 23rd baptisms. We have Exploring Compass before a month before that, June 4th and 11th. We have Exploring Compass. If you have not gone through Exploring Compass, uh, if you don't call, if, if you have not yet come to that place where you've graduated Exploring Compass and called Compass Bible Church home, we want to encourage you to do that. We have our student revival coming up, and the theme is the Kingdom of Heaven. It's our summer camp. The Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, aptly named from our Matthew series that we've been in as well. In the VBS, it turns out. In the out. VBS. Wow, God. <laughs> and I did not plan that. And uh, this camp is from July 27th through July 30th. The registration's coming soon. Go ahead and be ready to sign your students up for our summer revival, the Kingdom of Heaven. And our summer camps are out uh, they are ready for you to register for. A lot of kids signing up. A lot of up. kids are signing up, which means we need people to serve. That's right. And so uh, you'll get an email, your life group leaders, and if you're part of a life group, you'll get an email uh, seeing if you want to, want to serve at one or if all of the summer kids camps. And so i uh, love for you guys to serve. And also know that we need to get the word out, get more kids signed up. We do have limited spots, uh, so make sure you sign up your kids and get your the, you know, the kids of your neighborhood and your friends to come and Hear the good news of Jesus Christ at these camps. And the last announcement is Move Up Weekend is right around the corner. And if you don't know what that is, simply this. It's graduation at Compass. It's graduation at Compass. Minus so, the hat, the gown, and all the fun stuff. Unless you want to wear it, that's up to you. Uh, so all of the fifth graders are graduating to student ministry. That's right. All of the twelfth graders are graduating to the college-age life group. And all of those who have aged out of the college-age life group, which means anybody who turned 24, will then graduate into the uh, life group pool for adults. And so that's what Move Up Weekend is. And it's happening on the week of June 4th through the 7th. So June 4th, June 6th, and June 7th, everyone will move up within one of those days. So be ready. We are excited when God is growing our church. And maturing our church through age and faith. That's right. So that's what Move Up Weekend is all about. And so be looking forward to those things, Compass. We're grateful for you guys. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. And we'll see you on the weekly DBR Spotlight podcast soon, which is about to happen right after this. Goodbye.